0: There's certain things that, that we want to do as a team defending, and it has nothing to do with the offensive game. It has to do with just being a good defending team. That That's one of the things we talked about since the first day of training camp. Our goals against has to come down. And it's not just, okay, you guys over here defend, and you guys over here don't worry about it. It's everybody defend, and then everybody, just like we, you know, everybody's talking about, okay, well, Connor and Dreisadl, They get lots of points, but for us to be a better team, we need other people to get points too. The balance of scoring and throughout the lineup. So same thing for defending. We just can't rely on a couple people to defend. We need everybody to defend. So that's what I mean by playing as a team.
1: A little bit from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. They were playing as a team last night in the 5-2 win over the New York Islanders. Back at it tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils. Face-off show at 3.30 here on 6.30, Chad Game at 5. The Devils currently trailing the Flyers 1-0. Six minutes left in the second period. Early in the third, Buffalo is up 4-3 on the Canadians. Buffalo 2-0-1 under Ralph Kruger as head coach. Kings and Canucks will start at 8 o'clock. Oil Kings uh, just getting underway in Moose. Jaw. Baseball playoffs tonight, top of the second. Dodgers up 2 0 on Washington. Earlier, the Cardinals scored 10 runs in the top of the first inning and went on to beat the Atlanta Braves 13 1. So they advance to the National League Championship Series. Zach Kalaros traded from the Argos to the Bombers in uh, the CFL Lions receiver, Lamar Durant, going to be out for the season. You know, the Eskimos have yet to clinch. Uh, the magic number is one against bc ottawa and toronto so here's what the the eskimos have to finish ahead of bc because you got to be fourth in the uh in the west to get the crossover and then they have to finish ahead of both ottawa and toronto here's the thing ottawa and toronto play each other this or pardon me the eskimos have already finished ahead of toronto Uh, so the magic number is one to eliminate ottawa and uh, one to eliminate BC. They got to eliminate both. If the Eskimos win over BC, it's all taken care of. Now, if Toronto beats Ottawa on uh, Friday, that helps the Eskimos there, but they still got to finish ahead of the BC Lions. Man, uh, the Eskimos not out of the woods because let's face it, they don't look like a team that can win a game. It, it has really gone south for them. They have lost five of their last six their starting quarterback is injured other guys are banged up not sure if uh, CJ Gable is going to be able to play on the weekend we could see Shaq Cooper at running back um the, the secondary has has not been good enough for the Eskimos lately and they just don't appear to be playing loose you know they just and again sometimes i hate talking like this but i i watched the Montreal Alouettes play and they weren't supposed to be very good this year but they got Kahari Jones at coach and and they just seem to go out there and and go for it and, and try to make plays. And, and the Eskimos just seem like they're they're trying to prevent bad things from happening as opposed to going out there and, and, and trying to make plays. So, um, I don't know. We'll have Jason Moss with Morley Scott in half an hour on the Eskimos coaching show. You used to cheer for this guy with the Eskimos. He's coming in as a member of the visiting team, defensive back Aaron Grimes. Aaron, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm
2: doing pretty good. Can't complain. had a good day at work today and they're going to head home and relax now.
1: Well, good stuff. It's great to have you on the show again. Obviously, we used to talk when you, when you played for the Edmonton Eskimos. Now you're a BC Lion. Let me ask you about returning to Commonwealth Stadium. You already went through it earlier this season, uh, you know, a game er- early in the year. So were you, are you kind of glad, you know, that's out of the way now? You've had the, you've had the return to your old stomping grounds out of the way, or how do you look at that?
2: Uh, you know, I don't kind of look at that anymore. You know, like you said, you know, I've already played there earlier this season. You know, this time around, it's just an away going for me now, and uh, I look forward to the matchup on Saturday.
1: All right. Well, it's a big game. I mean, the Eskimos are trying to clinch a playoff spot. You guys are trying to stay alive. I mean, look, the, the obvious question, and I know it's probably one you've been being asked uh, by the Vancouver media over the last couple of weeks, you guys were 1-10, Now you've won four in a row and you're five five and ten. What's the difference? How can you go from barely getting one victory to to winning off four straight?
2: Uh, You know, I think that we've kind of, first of all, we believed in ourselves the whole time. You know, we we didn't allow the record to define who we were. You know, we knew where we wanted to go with this thing, and we knew that it would take time. And, And that's exactly what it did. You know, we just had to finally get that win. You know that would boost that confidence for us and, and show us that we can actually be what we what we thought we would be. And um, so we started clicking. And you know, right now we're we're riding that wave right now. You know, we want to make sure we can ride it for as long as we can. and We can do
1: everything that we can to uh, prolong this season. Just, just tell me about. I mean, look, that's you lost some close games. You lost some games that that got out of hand. But you said you kept believing in yourself. Where did that come from? Because all athletes tell me they they need confidence, and if things start going against you, you you can lose that confidence. How did the belief stay high there?
2: Uh, we got a we got a great leadership, man. You know, and that comes from the top down. You know, from the the personnel staff to the GM to the coaches. You know, uh, the energy always stayed high. We knew that we had what it took to win games in the building. You know, with everything we had. We just had to be able to put it all together. You know, there's a lot of new faces here, and um, and we knew that. You know, and it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna be an overnight thing for us. And um, we just wanted to make sure that at some point we were where we wanted to be. And um, I think we're starting to get there now. You know, and, and we're we're well on our way. And um, like I said, with those leaders in the building, you know, from from upstairs to downstairs, you know, we were able to keep guys in it. You know, and keep guys motivated.
1: Aaron I'm curious how you would assess your own play this season we, we saw you be an excellent defensive back here with the Edmonton Eskimos uh, I saw you earlier in the season and you know to be quite honest there were some plays where I thought man I don't know if that's the Aaron Grimes I, I saw when he was an Eskimo but obviously you know you like the rest of the team things have gone better lately so I'm just wondering I mean you know was were you feeling what I was what I was seeing earlier in the year or how would you assess your own play this year?
2: Um, I think I played well, you know, to be honest. Um, I think I played well. I'm I'm learning the defense, you know, getting to know it a little bit better every single week. And um, to be honest, I think that if you turn the film on, I have actually played uh, pretty well this year, but I can play better. And I've always thought that, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be, you know, complacent with, with my play. I'm always striving to be better. Um, but I, I do feel like there has been, there's been some plays I left out there this year, and there's been some plays that I've made, you know, and that kind of comes with it, you know. Um, again, earlier this year still learning the defense and things like that, but you know um, I'll never be you know where I want to be in my eyes. I'm always looking for something to get better in.
1: so continue to continue to get better. All right, well look, uh, obviously big game coming up on Saturday. a quick thought on the Eskimos. they're going through a pretty tough spell here. Trevor Harris probably not going gonna play again. They, they do have some uh, some receivers who are having pretty nice seasons. How do you look at the Eskimos offense here?
2: I think they're still a dynamic offense, right? I'm pretty sure the offense is, is still monster's offense. And from what I remember, they like to, to push the ball. You know, they got a, a damn good running back who can also run the ball, open the pass game, and uh, they like to put up points, you know. So I'm expecting nothing less from them than to come out and, and trying to be firing on all cylinders. Um, I got to enjoy watching that, and, and now I get to enjoy game planning against it. Um, so I'm expecting an A game. This is professional football. One guy goes down, it's the next man up. You know, that's how all the great teams are built. So uh, we're expecting a great game from Edmonton, and um, we're also expecting to, to come out and have a great game.
1: And Aaron, I'll close with this one. From your time as an Eskimo and maybe even more importantly from from living in Edmonton for a few years, what are some of the things you really take away from your time here?
2: Uh, I take away the people. You know, the, the friendships that I've met, the friends and teammates who have become family, you know, I still talk to a lot of people that I play with in Edmonton. I still talk to a couple of people that I play for Edmonton. You know, there's a lot of new faces around there, but um, in terms of players, but in terms of, you know, personnel and training staff and things like that, um, I got to know them pretty well, and they got to know me pretty well. So I got a lot of uh, people that are close to me over there still, and, um, you know, the fans were great while I was there. So, you know, I, there's always going to be a special place in my heart for Edmonton, but... You know, just not on Saturday.
1: <laughs> well well said. I hear you there. Aaron, it's always great to have you on the show. Uh, you were a great interview while you are with the Eskimos, and it's good to catch up with you. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thank you. All right, that's Aaron Grimes. BC Lions have won four in a row. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-south comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern classics spun with a modern twist. NorthChickenYEG.com. King's Court when we get back.
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962.
1: Welcome aboard to Cam LLP Oilers Devils tomorrow on 6:30 Chet. 3:30 in the afternoon for the face-off show. The game at 5. The Oilers try to go 4-0 for the first time since 08-09. We have one more four-pack of tickets for the Eskimos-Lions game Saturday at 5 to give away. We'll uh, make it simple tonight. Caller number 780 496 63 will get that four-pack. Hey, time for the King's Court with Ryan King. This is presented by Dynasty Builders, designing the custom home of your dreams, available now exclusively in Landrex Communities.
3: Another episode of Kingsport on 6:30. Chet, I'm your host Brian King, and today I'm excited to bring a good friend of mine, I'm the CFLPA Executive Director, onto the show, Brian Ramsey. Brian, first, let's talk through your playing career in the CFL.
4: Brian, thanks for having me on tonight. Um, well, it was uh, it was short and sweet. First drafted to Toronto in uh, 2006, and uh, I spent a couple of great years there. Traded down the road. To uh, to Hamilton for the 2010 season, and found myself out a uh, year away in Edmonton for my last my last five years.
3: And uh, any highlights you want to quickly uh, talk about in your career?
4: Well, I think 2015 was was uh, was one of those special moments, and and being able to be part of the team that uh, that brought a great cut back to Edmonton. Um, I think when you look back on a career, no matter the lengths, In it, I think uh, the relationships that you build throughout and the the guys that you get to meet and the families and and the time that you get to spend with them, uh, you know, those are the memories that you'll uh, take long past the the time we're on the field.
3: Well, that's awesome, and uh, it was obviously a pleasure playing with you, and we have lots of great memories that we uh, we don't need to bring up now, but uh, I wanted to bring the people behind the scenes and get a better understanding of what goes into say the day-to-day life of the CFLPA. Um, after you retired, you got heavier into the CFLPA explain your role uh, as the executive director.
4: Well, I think after uh, and, and first getting uh, a chance to become part of the association as a player and, and learning as a, as a rep and, and as an executive member, as an active player and, and then transitioning into this role, um, you know, this role right now in the organization really is, is is tasked with just implementing what the players and the direction and the mandates you know given through the reps uh, by the membership, and and I think it's um, you know once you're surrounded by the people that we have in the association, starting on the field all the way up, uh, it, it definitely makes this role easier to do. Um, and throughout it, I mean, you, you can look at the different services. And whether it's legal representation, contract advice, or or working with our contract advisors across the league, some of the programs, uh, and then just day to day working with the players, um, it's it's somewhat of a general oversight role, um, where where you're you're lucky enough to be able to see all facets of the organization.
3: Yeah, and you brought up the player reps. Uh, I've been uh, you know privileged to be a part of the CFLPA from a player rep perspective for you know seven years now. what kind of role do the player reps have, and how important is it to have that daily communication to every locker room basically every day? All
4: right. that, that role is vitally important. Uh, and, and not just because I'm talking to one right now, I think, Brian, you and I have talked about this a lot, is, is that having that communication piece in the locker rooms um, and, and being able to have have those conversations with the players um, is in, integral in in the, how our association runs. So when you look at that role, and and, and sometimes the role of the player rep is, uh, it's an extremely tough job. You're, you're you're juggling that on top of life, on top of football, um, and and you're working with, alongside management in, in a club, and um, and working on behalf of your peers and your teammates. So that that role is um w- when we look within our association it's extremely important and one of the things i think as we we talk about our org chart and we talk about our, our staff and their advisors uh, I, I think a lot of the focus uh and, and you know this from when we sit through our meetings whether it's at gray cup or agm it has to come from that player rep role because those those player reps have have a pulse in the locker rooms and they're able to take the, the thoughts and the comments and the direction from the membership and their teams and their teammates and and allow it back into the association
3: um in the past couple of years we've introduced uh something new uh the career academy you want to just quickly talk about uh, the importance we have as the cflpa to provide a positive transition out of the game of football after their careers are done
4: well it, it, it's a great point because this has come and been born directly through conversations with the player reps and uh, it was 2016 when we were talking about working on a transition piece in in august of that year is when the the academy was started And um, just last week we were reviewing it and and we're looking at another component of it and and i believe of the 550 or so active members we have right now we've got 200 200 of them registered in the academy and and the program offers everything from uh, assistance uh, on that transition to be proactive, it offers scholarships to different program certifications. Um, we've got a job bank now that has off-season opportunities for uh, paid internships and, and job shadowing uh, to gain that experience. And I think um, you, you know this is something that has grown from the direction, directly from the locker rooms, and, and put together by the player reps, uh, our staff in the office. Jason and Scott spent a lot of time on this, and. and it's really been a team effort, and as it grows out, I think it's going to continue to evolve. Uh, and I think it's an, an extremely important resource for the players. We know one thing, and, and that's at some point our, our players are going to transition from the sport. And if, as a resource for them, if we if we can be there to help, then, uh, then that's a great thing for everybody.
3: Well, Brian, I uh, I appreciate everything you do for the for the membership, and uh, you should be proud of all the stuff you've accomplished uh, with your time with CFLPA and. Uh, your work goes unnoticed a lot, but uh, as the players, I know we all appreciate uh, all the work that goes into the CFLPA.
4: Brian, I appreciate you having me on tonight and looking forward to uh, to watching some good football this weekend.
3: Thanks a lot. And that is another episode of Kingsport on 6.30 Jets. Stay tuned next for another episode.
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.